welcome to, uh, I think, our 12th episode for season three of On The Overrun, where we just chat about cars, but also uh, regarding the people around the cars, people who make up the industry, people are people who are experienced and influenced in the industry and actually have some very cool stories to tell. There's actually much more than just the cars you see. Um, interesting today, uh, if you are listening on Spotify, of course, you won't be able to see the three model scale cars we have in front of us, but all three are Porsches, and this is very applicable today as we have the Porsche Club president, um, Lawrence Bester with us. So, Lawrence, no, welcome. Thank yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, man, it's a pleasure. It's, cool. um, it's always very cool meeting such influential people in the industry, people with stories and experience that far exceeds my knowledge and even years of existence. So, it's very cool meeting you and excited yeah, for I the conversation. Say influential, but yes, we close. <laughs> <laughs> I think your influence reaches further than mine. So, in that regard, yeah, it would be more influential. So, yeah, I think. Lawrence, we're just going to start and chat a bit about your history of cars and where did your passion start for cars? Um, well, no. Um, let's, yeah, the passion starts the child. My father was involved with the, in the automotive industry with Volkswagen, with Volkswagen those days, many, many years ago. It was a lighty. Yeah. You know, so we always had different cars and um, he used to get car magazines. You, know, so you read car magazines yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that sort of, and you, all about racing. You should take us to Kalani. You know, those days you sit on the side of the track, there was no barriers and things. Yeah, yeah. And so on. That was exciting stuff. But I never pursued the car. Uh, working in the industry. Working or in the industry is whatever. The, I went a total different direction. You know, I went into construction, which. Okay, yeah. Uh, so That's I, on the flip side. Yeah, so I studied construction, uh, building science, and all that sort of stuff, which. I didn't spend much time into because then sailing captured me, so I sailed around the world a few times and all over and became okay, a, that's very interesting. A ship's captain, and so cars were a long way from 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 my mind at that, in those days. Anyway, so through the years, and I came back to South Africa, stayed here, and then in 1997, the owner of Bloomsbury Investment Cars in Cape Town asked me to join them. Okay. And I wasn't too keen because you know, I didn't want to go in the car industry because of my father was there and things like that. But you know, look, I did, yeah. which was a great move. Yeah. Yeah. Against my will, it turned out to be actually fantastic. Okay. Yeah, it was a fantastic opportunity because I immediately walked into the industry in 1990. It was 1st of April 1997, never forget. <laughs> into uh, an, uh, 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 an arena where you have Lamborghinis, Ferraris, Corvettes, Rolls Royces, Bentleys. Porsche, you know, yeah. all the top marks. So in a real exotic market. So I didn't start selling little carriages. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so that made it, and, and I fell into it, and I slotted into it perfectly, and, you know. Yeah. And it actually did quite well. And, um, of course, um, coming from the background from Volkswagen, and, you know, the, the Porsche. Yeah, related in many ways. Know, the Porsche bug sort of woke itself up. Yeah. So when it came to your interest in cars, was your interest always in your higher-end performance cars? No, like? my interest was always, you know, um, I think the interest was always in in, 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 in German cars. Okay. Yeah, you know, mainly Volkswagen because we were involved as a family so for, what, I mean, 14, 15 years in, um, in that industry. And with that, obviously, your love for Porsche, the growth of the years and stuff like that. And, you know, I just... In 1997, I started, I was just, there were these Porsches standing on the floor, and of course, shit, you know, yeah. you've got to have to have it, you've got to have to 
Yeah. You're going to have to love it. And it was just the, a passion, that a bug that reawakened itself and then wham, you know what I mean? Boom. Yeah. In the hornet's in in the nest, yeah. um, sixty four cars. I mean, all different cars, and oh, so you had a knowledge of a bit of the Ferraris and Lamborghinis in the old days. Sorry about this. Thing. <laughs> That's fine. So, and then of course Porsche was a big thing, um, and because of that, so yeah. So then I went. I joined the Porsche Club in nineteen ninety seven, and in nineteen ninety eight, um, they voted me onto the committee. I never forget the committee meeting was at the. At the um, Twelve Apostles Hotel. Oh yeah, yeah. Never forget that in the back room, like a back room thing. So I so I voted on the committee, and that was in 1998. And then I my portfolio was motorsports, yeah, all events, motoring events, uh, and you know that kind of stuff. And I stayed in that committee until 2013, I think. Then I sort of called it a day, but stayed a member of the club. Yes. You know, I'm quite active because I also, through the years, started racing. Yeah. So, um, and then in 2018, I think it is, 2017, 18, uh, I joined the committee again. And then 2020, January 2020, I was, I was elected as um, president of the Porsche Club Cape. On the brink of COVID era. Exactly. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, how, how, how bad is my luck? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. Yeah, so the timing is really testing your leadership. Yeah, the yeah no, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Because you know, because our first, I remember my our first meeting, committee meeting, happened. Um, the second committee, the second meeting was, so Zoom just came out, so all we, oh we're yes, all yes, zoomed. Yes. I remember. And, um, one of my committee members, he's quite clued up on, on this electronic sort of stuff so and that mm. was quite weird you know sitting at a dining room table with a glass of wine yeah, <laughs> yeah. looking at a screen and then running a committee meeting yeah with not much to, other to say than like, how much money we have how many members we have and 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 because we couldn't do events you know yeah. in 2020 we were locked down bad yeah so we sort of planned things and made dates and i think our first three yeah then it was another zoom another zoom and then we started getting together again and then you know, the roller yeah. coaster ride with COVID. But we did get some nice events in in 2020 with the Porsche Club. You know, we pride ourselves on the fact that um, our track days are normally superly well attended and we have to cap it because um, you can't have too many cars. That's when all the guys come with their normal cars, you know, yeah. no race cars. It's your street car, stands in your garage. And how often do you get a chance to actually zoom around a, a racetrack with it yeah. in a safe environment yeah. with our marshals. Um, and if you run off the black stuff, you know, you, a little bit of gravel. Yes. Nothing gets hurt except your ego, you know. <laughs> you come yeah. back and you go like, eh, yeah. oh, um, mm, did I do this? Uh, oh, no, 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 but you did it all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do it again. And we have driver trainers, you know, um, uh, guys that race there, uh, some, young, uh, some youngsters. Um, We'll go out with the guys in their car, and if the owner of the car wants the wants the the, the driver trainer to drive his car and show him the lines, that's permissible. But it's normally as a passenger. Yeah, and that seems a lot of fun. So we did get in track days last year under strict regulations and masks and social distancing and yeah. sanitizers. You know, I was like the guys saying their hands were getting more alcohol than they did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I mean, you, like every club, you know, you get a, you get some people in the club that are you get a group in your club that'll always, that that don't do the the track day thing. 
Mm. Det är ju karaget. Ja, skulle inte ska ta en Mm. And a jacket, sports jacket, yeah. to go to motor racing to the Porsche club. Yeah. 
So, but you know, three years that that's all fallen away. But those days, you know, a lot of people with the, the, the cars were also older and stuff like that. So you had, a, and you had a lot of people that came to social drives. You know, yes. it was every first Sunday of the month was a drive. You know, we go and drive one oak. In, in the, the committees, his portfolio, obviously others help. Yeah. And we go for liquor drives in the mountains, and we end up either Stellenbosch, Lancia, or uh, Tilbach, or yeah. wherever. Yeah. So that was hugely tended, because in those days, there, there were never anything like track days. Yes, yeah. There were no top-end runs. There were no Gymkhanas. There were none of that nonsense. That sort of started... Popping his head out in, uh, around about 2003, 2000, 2002, actually. Um, very, my, a good friend of mine who's now passed, uh, Bert Upton, the two of us sort of pushed this together. You know. Because we also drank too much those days. <laughs> we come up with these <laughs> ideas. No, it's oh, not yeah. much different these oh, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we come up with these <laughs> ideas. Oh, you know, we, you know, let's do this. So, you know, it was then, it was a, to change the old guard into doing. These things, yeah. you know, it took time and took time and shit like that. And um, it, as I said, by 2010, 2011, it turned so, I mean, we were at Sports and GT, you know, yeah. 60, 70% of the car, Porsche GD3s, GD3 RSs, cup cars, imp, guys are importing cup cars at huge yeah. cost to come and trundle around the racetrack. Yeah. You know, um, and the passion just, I think the concept of owning a Porsche has changed tremendously from those days. Because since Porsche uh, Center, LSM Distributors, or yes. as we know it, Porsche Center, established as a full full dealership in South Africa, Johannesburg, opened their first place in Tiger Valley, the Cape Town branch. Okay. Um, so the whole Porsche was now easy to get. You mm. could go and buy one. You know? Yeah. And suddenly, this, the used market suddenly became alive. Because prior to that, you know, to get a Porsche, you have to know someone who knows someone who knows oh, another yes. dude. Two things, and then it gets imported. Those years, it was um, Lindsay Seiko Motors in Johannesburg, and the Cape Town. There was a company called. I think my father actually was the, the, the dealer principal, Western Province Motor something something. Okay. They were like the Porsche agents. Yes. You know, but, I mean, but that was many years ago. And um, but anyway, since the Porsche Toby Fenter established yes. the centers in South Africa, I think the whole concept of owning a Porsche has changed. Sure, there's a quite a elitist to it, but it's also mm. a passion turn. You know, you want to drive that badge. Doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. And that changed the whole thing. The whole feeling about owning the cars that changed in that time, early two thousands. Yeah. You know, with a New liquid cooled um, Porsche, the 996. Yeah. And then the Boxsters that came in 97, the 9899, the 996, 9899 came out. Huge fanfare, huge yeah. fanfare, you know, big. So all the cars prior to that were all seriously uh, sort of belonged to peop people who had like serious, serious money. Yes. They, were, they, were trying, they, were they knew people, knew people. They knew people to know people to get a car. That, in, in those days, you import your own car, you know, yeah. whether it's left or right-hand drive. There was no regulation against it. Um, so it was a very elitist thing. It's going, 
to a club I was watching motorizing with a tie in a tie in a yeah. cooler box you yeah. know what I'm saying how dumb is that <laughs> but that's the way it was yeah that's the way it was but the whole thing's changed it's become more relaxed yeah and it's become uh, uh, um, more passionate you know yeah. and it's not a closed society anymore you know the Porsche club is not a, used to be a closed society you know you sort of like you don't don't, yeah. don't, don't talk to that oak yeah. no he drives a Ferrari oh gosh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't say that no no, no you know, can't talk to this oak you know, yeah, yeah, I, that, 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 that's changed. It's changed a lot. It's become more, I don't know, what's the word, liberal? <laughs> like, I you guess. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, so now it's a passion. You know, you, you own it, you're a passion. So you get the one, you get, so you're still inside all that. You still get the group that's passionate. Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. And you get the group that just buys the Porsche. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, yeah, um, because they're now affordable to buy. Yeah. You can buy, go and buy a car. That's the thing about Porsches is I feel if you compare them against the likes of Ferrari and Lamborghini and, and McLaren and such, Porsches are much more attainable because they have a much wider range of cars to get into. Agreed. Um, but also the other part is that since the modern Porsche came out in 90, uh, 98, 97, 98, mm. 99, they're more user-friendly. Yes. But if you think about true. the old cars... I mean, <laughs> it's finicky no, and it's no, difficult. no, it's not finicky. You know, you, you're after driving to to the local cafe and back. You know, by the time you come back, your clutch leg is like expanded by an, an inch because of the hard clutch. <laughs> and you know, they had trashy gearboxes, good gearboxes, but you know, you had to. That's what they were drivers' yeah, cars. Yeah. And they were raw, very analog. Yeah, and they were noisy. Yeah. The radio was purely just a, just 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 for show. <laughs> you know, most of them never worked anyway. The aircons never worked. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Blew a lot of wind, you know, so every yeah. two months you have it regassed, lasts for two hours and it's gone. Um, <laughs> but they were great cars. They're mm. strong. Until today, you look what happened to the market. Yeah. The now Porsches are. They, I mean, they worth a fortune. Rocketing. They just went mild, went, went crazy. So, yeah, then the Porsche became a user friendly car. Oh, that's you know, the advent with the Boxster. I mean, you know. It's a great little car, um, and um, I mean, my wife is now on her third one, and yeah. she's a tiny little person, and it's drive normal drive now. You know? Yeah, and um, so yes, they became more user friendly, and Porsche then also then made the user friendly one, and they made it, and then get a bit going to the turbo, which is a little bit more, you know, yeah. which gives you all the horses and all the fun with all wheel drive, but also with a bit of style, class, yes. and comfortable ride. And not that noisy engine in your engine. You can actually put the radio on if you have to. Yeah. You know, the only reason you put your radio on is to make you <laughs> to stop yeah. your wife pitching <laughs> at the speed you're doing. Anyway, and then, of course, you had the hardcore stuff, you know. The, uh, the GTs. The, the GT3s yeah. came out, you know. It takes the fillings out of your teeth when you go over an ant. Uh, <laughs> um, That's a good... Yeah, so then, and then, of course, you know, the, the king of them all is the GT2, you know. Yeah, yeah. It in, came out here in the early 2000s, 2002, I think. 2002, the GT2s came. Yes, the 993. The 99, no, 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 no. The 993 was a, stopped at 1997, 98. This is now the 996 GT2s. They called them the widowmakers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the few that are in the country, there's very few of those that hasn't had a bump. Yeah. If little, a little paint removed or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they are vicious pieces of equipment, but um, so you have to know if you buy one of those, if you can get them nowadays, because the prices just skyrocket. And it's very rare. Yeah, 
And if, they are, if there's one for sale, you, you know, you're going to dig deep yeah. for a car that's going to stand in your garage. Yeah. But it's a serious piece of equipment, really. It's really, you know, they, I think they're great looking. Some people think they're looking. I think they're fantastic. To me, that's the last of real rawness, you know. I spoke to a, a guy who owned the 996 GT3, the first generation, oh, Nine, gosh, 996 GT3. Oh. And, um, but it was interesting because he sold his GT3 for a Ferrari California. And Shame. I asked him, why Shame. Why would you do that? Yeah. In a very respectable way, of course, he's much older than I am. Obviously, he must have a little dog so sit in the back seat. <laughs> he, uh, he, he was only there with his child, so I, I didn't assume. But anyway, and I asked him, why would you sell the GT3 for a California? GT3 is much more you know, rare and also... I, Anyone would love a GD3 more if you're really passionate about cars. And he said that he was so scared to drive that car on weekends because, it, you know, the rear end would suddenly fishtail go out, not because of the car being uncontrollable, but maybe because of his skill being lacking. Yeah. Um, and he said it was just like his driving ability is not up to scratch with what you need to be able to drive that car no, properly. No, that's true. No, no, look, you've got to be have your wits with you. Yeah. And don't go and play around in the wet with it, you know. If it's wet, yeah. leave it at home. Unless you know what you're doing, and we have a, a couple of, we have two, we have quite a few um, guys in our club that actually race those GD3s, and now a few of them, two or three of them, I know that don't race them, yeah. but uh, seriously knows how to pedal a GD3 around Kalani Racetrack because that's where it counts. Yeah, you know, going from traffic light to traffic light, you know, really, and revving up and making, you know, yeah. it's noise and go and show boisterous. off, go show off, show off on on on, on a racetrack and show your skill because you know yeah. it's about skill, taking it around the corners. All like you're going down the straight. Now yeah. you stop and go around the corner as quick as you can without making contact with the wall. Yeah. I'm going on the losing gravel. your ego. Yeah, yeah, and show off that how bad you are. Yeah, because nine times out of ten, the horsepower exceeds the ability. Yes. And that's where it is. Yeah. Uh, so you need to be humble and say, right, you know, do the right things. But on the other side, if you want the excitement, you buy a turbo. Yeah. It's all-wheel drive, huge horsepower, it's safe. It's got all the airbags and comfort. Yeah. Uh, air, air, air cons at work and door, yeah. the doors. And the GT. driver aids. All so those. Yeah, so that's that. So, yeah, there's a huge uh, – um, so that's changed through the years, and that's why around every corner, you know, You'll see a Porsche. Yeah. And they diversified out, you know, with the McCann, uh, with the first the Cayenne, 2005, 2006. They brought a little 3.6 liter out. Then yes. it became the V8, which I've owned one of each already. Uh, both great cars, yeah. uh, great SUVs. Um, then, of course, now later years, they came out with the McCann, you know, to capture that market. Which yeah. I think they've done well. And they've kept the pricing in together with Mercedes-Benz, with the MLs and... BMWs with the X5s and Audi, and, you know, the yeah. Qs and so on. And then, of course, challenged the market again with McCann, you know, yeah. to the Q5 and the smaller. Yeah, so it's a huge market, big business. I mean, it, I think um, the McCann and the Cayenne is currently, um, I think it must be Porsche's biggest biggest mover, I think. No, by but, far. I spoke to a, a guy who has quite a few Porsches recently and he said that the one thing he does appreciate about the McGann and the Cayenne even though they aren't you know uh, 911 or such is that the fact that that saved the company like when the time the time when the Cayenne was released by Porsche Porsche wasn't in a, the most amazing financial state and the Cayenne actually it skyrocketed people started buying this because it was you know SUV comfortable families could drive in it was 
uh, a much more popular car, it sell, sold a lot more numbers than your usual Correct. 911. And Correct. it actually caused the company to finance, you know, the coming GT3s and mm. new models. And yeah. it actually saved the company in so many ways. No, true. No, 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 no. no. They, they, they did well for them. Then, of course, they brought out the four-door Panamera, yes. you know, following the coupe, like a coupe, four-door coupe, following onto the Mercedes-Benz CLS range, you know. Yeah. And then... Um, I think uh, in Volkswagen with their with their coupe they brought out, which was which wasn't a success at all. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So you know the Panamera is still is still in play, even though it's quite. Exclu- I think it's quite an exclusive car. It's expensive. It's very expensive. It's, it's a beautiful car to drive. Yeah. Panamera. Oh, just, that, that big V8 is just. And it's I luxury. Mean, it's no, no, no. It's just, no, it's just like I don't know. I can't say the word because it starts with F. It's like, <laughs> very. <laughs> it's like, it's like stuff you, my brother. I mean, it is such a cool car. And um, oh, the old ones were, weren't that good looking. You know, yes, no. It was, was a bit of bland, a, a quiet. Know, but then it was like the first Cayenne also looked a bit yeah. bland. And the first 996 with the eggs looked bland. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they do that on purpose. They start with that looking car, and then they make it better and better and better and better. Yeah. But, you know, saying that everybody didn't like the 996 because of the egg flunks, but can try and find one to buy. Yes. You can't find one to buy for the love of money. And I'm in the business. Yeah. Like, you know. It's interesting. Suddenly you can't, find, you can't find them. Go look for a 996. 99, 2000, 2001, 996. You can't find one for the love of money. And if you can get one, and the service history is up to date, the books are up to date, everything. What are you going to pay? 300, 350,000 rand? That's a hell of a lot of car, let me tell you. Yeah. Because you can start taking it to a good tuner like uh, Wenzel Motorworks and they put a couple of, a few chips in. Yeah. A, couple, a little packet of Lay's, little Fritos over here. <laughs> you, know, you know, push the power up a bit. And take those cat, those stupid catalytic converters oh, out and yes. put a proper exhaust on. Then you beef it up from 3.4 to 3.5 liter, boost the horsepower a bit. It's a hell of a nice car to drive. It's got a good gearbox because it's based on the G on on the G on the G track gearboxes. Yeah, great car. And some people and also amazing value for money. Yes, really. Yeah, so you can own a Porsche now for for Mangeld. And some people also they you know refurbish the seats, put new leather in. Yeah, upgrade the radio. Take the seats out and give it a good trim and say make it nice. You know, I want it like black yeah. in the middle and yellow on the outside and all, yeah. you know whatever you you can jazz it up. It's the attainable weekend oh, car. You yeah. personalize it, as we call it. You know, you personalize Make it your little car. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, you spend a few bob, and then for Minchelt, you can have a car that is bespoke to yourself. You know? Yeah. You paid 350 for it. Nice car. It's a spend Porsche. 50. You can be proud of it. It's a real thing. You know? Yeah. And once it carries that badge, it's the real thing. I don't care what people say. Look, they are the diehards. Says, oh, it must be air-cooled. And then, uh, you know, they're like, be air-cooled, you know, because that's the real thing. Because that's what, what he wanted. No, it's not what he wanted. He wanted to win. Yeah. He wanted the car that you can take from your garage, go to a racetrack, and win. Yeah. And that's what you can do with these cars. They are built, because remember, the sports cars that were built for road, not the other way around. Mm. That's why when you get, you buy them. You've already got that... That sports DNA, sport DNA is there, you know. Yeah. But it's toned down, so you, you because they know that um, mommy can't drive like that. Mm. But then again, there's a lot of mommies that, <laughs> that actually don't do well <laughs> yeah. um, that can drive. Yeah. So and unlike uh, uh, the other some of the other brands where they take a car and then they make it a sports car, you know, you that's really difficult because 
Very expensive, very difficult, and yeah. uh, you never really get the sports car DNA, the feeling of it. You know, you get in the poker, you go for a little spin. Yeah. On a Sunday morning, you just take, when you drive a 996 or 924, 944, whatever, you know, 993, little SC, 3 liter SC from 1981. Yeah. And you hook it into the mountains, just yourself, no one else. It's special. It's great, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. can think wherever you are, you want to be, you can, you know. Yeah. If you want to be Ayrton Senna, you could also die in like. You know but the fact of the matter is, you can be where you want to be. Yeah. Because it's a great car, and then you go home, and you put it away, and then in the afternoon your wife wants to go and visit her mother. She can take the car and visit her mother. Yeah. That's what makes it such a fantastic motor car to drive. Yeah. That's and if awesome. you and if you are in that league, in that financial league to buy the big number, the big ticket ones, good for you. Yeah. I'm happy for you because if then you're buying a proper car. Because you know you go to a track day at Kulani for the Porsche Club or, or, or normal track day, you can thrash shit out of it and go home. Yeah. Go to the club afterwards, have a beer or two, and then go home. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Monday morning you wash it and wipe it down and make it shiny, put the cover on. Boom, done deal. Yeah. And then next weekend, same story next again. Next weekend you can do the same thing, you know. Yeah. You must just be able just to buy tires you know okay so would you agree that the value of your less popular Porsches over the years actually increase because of these days for instance Porsche did very well with the 911 911 the 991 and the 992 versions yeah. um, especially with your GT3 and GT3 RS variants um, that are madly popular and even because they're rare numbers you know people it sells out quite quickly very much in demand so do you think that because of the recent success of Porsche and the brand value increasing that your other poses also increase in value because of it. Yeah, uh, to a point, to a point. Uh, but you're, uh, you're talking about GT3, so let's start with the modern, the modern classics, we call them. The modern classics will be your GT3 Mark I okay. from 2000, 99-2000. Um, and if you're lucky enough to lay your hands on a, on a very, very rare same year GT3 uh, club sport, then you're a lucky lad. Um, yeah, their values have sort of stabilized at the moment. They went up. Look, they were brand new in 2000, 99-2000. They were new, 950,000 rond. Yeah. I still have the price list. <laughs> I still yeah. have it with the option extras. And the club sport was 975,000 rand. Yeah. So if you look at the a good car now, you know, most of those cars have been uh, – uh, guys who buy these cars, you know, they don't go out in the street and trash them. So, you know, the – the service books are up to date. That's important. The, uh, the uh, quality, the quality of the car after all these years. Remember, it's now twenty years. Eh? Mm. So their pricing went here in the middle, in the 15, 2015, 2016, 2017 era, up to eighteen. They went to one point five, one point six million. But then again, so did all the other limited editions. Yeah. So did your older cars, i.e. Yeah. your 95, 96, 97, 993s, skyrocketed mm. from being 400, 500,000, millions. Yes. So again, did the, the G-series from 94 to 89, um, the 3.2 liters, clean cars, right-hand drive, Especially right-hand drive, because I think South Africans are now I've got this thing against left-hand drive, which I will, we can talk about that. Um, and the, and then so we go back to the SCs and to the Carrera the three liter from 1976, and we can go to before that. You know, when the G series start, then even before that to the 912s, 
and I'm talking cars now that are uh, uh, good cars. I mean, yes. clean, not, you know, there's a lot of shit out there. Make no mistake, you know. There's an Afrikaans saying, you know, I'll try and translate it. Uh, shines over the top, you turn it over, it's, it's rotten. You know oh, so, yes. So you see it, it looks, ooh, look, it's shiny, I'll buy it, you know. And a lot of people have been caught, unfortunately, in over the last 10 years with this sort of attitude. And they purely because there are some <laughs> some dubious characters <laughs> who suddenly crept out of the woodwork becoming uh, uh, classic car experts. Oh, you yes. Know. No, you know, experts. Yeah, so, yeah self-proclaimed. Yeah, self-proclaimed experts yeah, because he lost his job as a teacher or something. <laughs> oh, coffee's like a nail. So, yeah, those prices, they went mad. Absolutely mad. I mean, you could... <laughs> I mean, being in the trade. Yeah. I mean, I had a showroom in um, Pardon Island and I could get a car in make a phone call. I says, this is what I want. Ooh, can I think about it? I say, oh, while you think, I'm going to phone another. Okay, 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 I'll take it. That's it. Yeah. That's how you sold those things. People went mad. It was like a frenzy. You don't understand. It's like the share market frenzy. Oaks just buying, buying. It's like madness. It's unbelievable. It was madness. You couldn't, you know, it's like putting a... a, a Throwing some meat into in, into the Amazon River, and you get all these piranhas going. Ah, you know what I mean? It was crazy. Yeah, I had a showroom, but stood empty. I had three or four, five cars in. I'd have a 996 Turbo there. I'd have a 996, or I'd have something, but nothing prior to that. Yeah. Before it gets there, it's gone. I somehow ship it. You ship it direct from the seller to the buyer. <laughs> take the money in the middle. Pay everybody. Everybody takes something. Go home. We all smile. Yeah. And yeah. However. From 2018, middle 2018, on the world market, they want to call it a crash. I don't want to call it a crash. Nothing crashed. It's like a stock market. It's yeah. over full. So Fluctuates. It's got a, yeah. So it's got a bottom. It's got to say, right, enough's enough. So it's, you know, so it's, okay, the stock market crashed. It's a readjustment. Yeah. You know, goes down and then slowly grows back up again over the next 10 years until you get there again. Yeah. Sort of cycle. We've seen it follows the same thing. And I think um, a lot of people, um, and I <laughs> really feel sorry for them, and I really do, you know, bought at the at the height oh, yes. of the frenzy, towards the end of the frenzy, and paid, I mean, humongous prices. Even Obscene I, amounts. Even, yeah, even, 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 even I, having been around for 20 years in this game, it's like going, oh, really? Really? Um, those prices have settled down. But certain models, very limited, have maintained and, and hung you know, hung in like the seventy three RS. Okay. That's that that that's clawing. And that's yes. sort of that's, it'll always claw up. Because it's very limited, very special. And then your limited number cars like your two thousand and four GT three RS. Only made them in one year, two thousand and four. You I mean you I mean you pay big money mm. for the right car. Um However, the GT3 Mark I, as we want to call it, um, from 1999-2000, that sort of settled down, you know, around about a million, nine fifty, million fifty, yeah. around there. And even then, you're going to battle to sell them because if you look at that and then you say, hang on, four million bucks, I can buy, I can buy a 991 yeah, or 992 Gen 1 GTS. Mm. Which is a great goal, so. 
<laughs> magnificent motor car. Yeah. No, absolutely magnificent motor car. With all the aids in the world, runs a 3.8 liter motor of exceptional horsepower. Same more horsepower as a G3. Yeah. With all the gadgets in the world. It's got a PDK gearbox. So, you know, so you must say to yourself. It's a tough sell. It's a tough sell. You know, say to yourself, hang on, you know, but, but I can buy the GTS for a million bucks. Mm. Okay, maybe not a 2016, but you can buy a 2011, 2012, 991 Gen 2 GT, uh, GTS. Fantastic car. Absolutely fantastic car. And in 2012, the last thing that brought it a career of four GTS, you know. Yeah. But a man, magnificent motor vehicle, beautiful, beautiful. And I think those in long term is gonna, it's gonna hold. They're holding on. You know, they were at one point four, but mm. they're sitting at one million. And I think long term they might come into themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, must I buy that car for a nine hundred or a, oh, shit? But even me, yeah. Even me, even I would say well, I'm gonna go the GDS way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Well, Great car, the GD3, make no mistake. But then you must have the million rand, which is, which fell out your back pocket, and you quickly picked it up. Yeah. And then said, okay, I'll buy that, and I'll put it in the garage and just stand there, you know. And then, yeah. You know, what are you going to do with it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I've got it. Yeah. But it's nice to say I own it. Yeah. yeah. So, or you can, yeah, so that is what it is. And uh, unfortunately, the GT3 Mark II, not the RS, yes. uh, unfortunately, has not, has not retained value like the, the like the others that's for interesting. some stupid reason you know, I don't know why but just makes them great value cars now I mean you can buy a Mark II GD3 for really good money mm. you know and people say oh but the Mark one's better is it uh, I don't know but, you know when you go four years late three years later you're obviously buying better technology yes you know every the, the automotive industry from the early 2000s have yeah. changed and evolved so fast that it is, um, it's frightening yeah. It's frightening what happened. And then, of course, your older cars, they've come to settle down a bit, but they're still holding mm. f- for more. I pity those guys who bought at the end. Because they, you know, yeah. they, um, and the funny thing is, and um, I want to say, I know of at least one person, and there might be more, that's actually taken a bond, extended the bond in the house to buy one. Now, you know, you're sitting with a car that's lost that money. It's lost 25% of its value. Yeah, and I have debt on it. Yeah, so the fact of the matter is if you hold on for another six, seven, eight years, we'll get back there. I'm not saying it'll never get there again. Yeah. I'm just saying it's re- it readjusted itself worldwide. Yeah. So people say, yeah, that car got on this auction in Monterey, in that value. But, I mean, then you must actually go and look at the car and look at the quality and the quant- the quality of the car, the rarity of it, oh, yes. and its history. And all those things, that all will make that top money. You can't just say, well, my car will be worth the same if your car's a yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm telling you now, and I'm going to say it, I'll say it over and over, we do not have people in this, we have, lots, we have good people in this, in this country that works on Porsches and restore them, like the Abbots and, and, and mm. well, there's only one, really. Um, but none of them restore to the quality that you get in Europe or in America. That is, we just don't have that. Yeah. We just don't have that, what's this, I don't know what it is, that feel and that texture in our hands and our minds. Just yet. We spray them and put this in and yeah. then leave it. You know, a restoration is, a, is, a, is, is, is an art. Yeah. And if you want to do it, you send your car to Europe or you send it to Britain. The best restoration is there. When it comes out, it is then Pristine. it is then that money 
that they get at that auction in yeah. Monterey or wherever. Yeah. You understand? And I feel if you have the money to buy these high-end Porsches, you are going to probably send it to the best places you can to restore, to repair. Or oh, look, it's not cheap, eh? Yeah. It's not cheap. It's, 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 it's big Tom. Um, you know, and um, uh, these last two years have, um, have, have hurt the, everybody in the economy. I don't care. Even the big collectors. Even the big collectors. Um, they all... Turning their turning their tickets around, and they're all looking at their collections, saying, "Well, you know, do I need another one? Maybe I'm th- majority of them are thinking maybe I should thin out a bit." Yeah, which is what is happening, and it's not only for Porsches. You know, whatever they collect, they're thinning out purely yeah. because the uncertainty in the economy creates a huge impact on that market of classic Porsches. So if you own one. You know, you can go through. Look, the 930 Turbo will always be, will always be a high, high ticket. But their pricing has also come down. I mean, they went into two and a half million these things. Yes, two and a half million rand. Now you look at 1.7, 1.6. But then again, the quality of the car, the overall quality, mileage is neither here nor there. But the quality, the engine, the service history, the no. books, the paperwork, mechanical the, history, yeah. all that stuff is so 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 important. You know, there shouldn't, there mustn't even be a, a bug on the on, on, on the headlight lens. Yeah. Because then it's not good enough. We must get that mindset. If you want a top, top dollar, your car must be top dollar. Not what you think, but what everybody else thinks. Yeah. And that is the, that's the problem. And we have some lovely, great cars in this country. Some good, we, are, we have some serious collectors that look after this stuff that, um, and there are some serious cars out there that... I must tell you, uh, after 22 years, some, I don't even know of some of them. Yeah. And I sort of still discover, shit, I didn't know you one of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something that um, is also interesting of modern-day Porsche owners is that you get your hardcore collectors who keep their car in pristine condition, don't often drive them um, as much, but they really look after them, maintain them very well, and of course, those cars are the ones that increase in value. Of course, yes. But of, of course, course, you get your Porsche owners who drive them every day or every weekend, take care of them, but use them a lot more because of the good car it is. Yeah, that's like owning a, um, and I'm using the word Mercedes-Benz, it could be anything. It's like, uh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like you know, your choices, let's go to the Panamera. You know, you've got a Panamera here, uh, I've got an S500, and I've got an Audi A8, yeah. and a BMW 745 or 750. That's your choice. Yeah. So if you have the any of the other three, you're going to drive them on a daily basis. You're going to go to work with them. Whether you have a driver or drive yourself, you're going to go to work with them, yeah. go to your office with them. You can do the same with the Panamera. Um, yeah, as I said uh, earlier, um, you know, because the Porsche has become such a user-friendly cars now, sports car. So, it's, you know, what's what's better than getting out in the morning, yeah. you know, getting in your porker and go to work? Yeah. You know, it's like a, a, a friend of mine, well, it's a friend of mine now, said many, many, many years ago, he had a little 964, um, 92, 91. Um, and he used to worked in, in, in Tiger Valley area. Yes. He lived in the city. So every morning he drove out and every night afternoon. And he said to him, every time he got in the car and he turned the engine, it was like, and he's driving down, it's like having, it's like a song in his heart. Twice a day he says, I get that feeling, it's a song in my heart. 
That's, That's so what cool. it feels like. And yeah. that is what it feels like. You know, I've driven a lot of them. I, and over 21, 20 years, I've driven cars. I've driven cars that I can't even remember. <laughs> no, we were was with Bloomsbury. We had um, you know, also Lamborghini and... Yes, you know, Ferraris. I, and and I, was, I was there in, 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 in the launch of the Mushalago. We actually went overseas. That's unbelievable. Yeah, because um, we were the agents for them through Investment Cars Johannesburg. Um, also Rolls-Royce, the Phantom came out. Yes, I was one of the first guys to drive a Phantom. I know if it was a brown one. It was so supposed cool. to supposed to be a so-called demo. We sold it the first day. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you, but it was a film for those days. So it was her. Yeah. Oh, it was a shitload of money. So, man, yeah. man, it was a shitload of money. And, you know, in my opinion, it was a looking car anyway. But, you know, it's yeah. like driving a Rolls Royce or Bentley Continental GT, I'm telling you, you just, your, your mindset and your whole, your whole being is just elevated and say, check this. Hey, yeah. Check this out, eh? Yeah. Check this. This check is this. the real deal. This is the real You get what? You drive one of those, you know, hang on. This is this is the ultimate things because I mean it's just yeah. so classy and it's just so built and it's just yeah. it's just something you know. It's, it's not something. A, it's not the common type of luxury no, in a C no, class no, or E no, class. No 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 none of that. Look, I've uh, I've owned Mercedes Benzes, which I mean, look, I'm a huge Mercedes Benz fan, but I don't know about, I don't know anything about them. You know, just know what it says in the back. See this and see that. Yes. And uh, I didn't see that or didn't see that. No. Um, but the same, you know, get in, in, in the, so there's Porsches now in modern times, since 99, for everybody. Yes. Prior to that, it was only for the boys, you know, <laughs> and for those who can afford it. Yes. And then you had little tuners like the late Brian White, who was Mr. Turbo. I mean, that man turned the 930 Turbo into a monster, you know. Yeah. I mean, he built engines and stuff like that. It was a legend worldwide. Brian White, and he passed. Now, so all that knowledge also disappeared from the old era. You know, if you're trying to say what you asked earlier, hey, what was the changes? Yes. Yeah. So now in modern times, all those, all that, I mean, that knowledge is gone. Eh? Yeah. It's never been passed on. That's just such a shame. Really. Yes. It's a hell of a shame. That, I mean, these people, uh, that, that they go, I mean, you take the, um, one of the legendary racing drivers at Africa, Peter Goff, you know, he built my first car, little 911 yeah. RSR replica called Jedi. Um, gone. That all the knowledge. I mean, it was like, yeah, not crazy. passed on. Crazy, yeah. I mean, other gentlemen, both of them were great, you know, and then, and then many others that that this this goes away. So, um, the people to maintain these old cars are getting less and less mm. and less, and the new youngsters coming in, they all profess, oh, I know this and I know that. You know, do you know? I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not so sure. I see. Mm. So on a but, bit of, sorry. No, sorry. You may no. go. Yeah. So um, you know, Porsche's made and, and and Toby Fenton. I must you know, give him his due. He's turned the brand into South Africa into a household number mm. where it was just an elitist thing. Sure, Porsche's always up there. You know, Ferrari and the sports cars. Yes. That's what they are. But um, you know, with with the, the the dealerships now all over the country, done a great thing. Yeah. It's a good thing for all of us. Um, sure, they're not really interested in clubs and, and old cars because you know it's a business to make money. Yes, you know? of course. Yeah, clubs don't make money for them, but you know we we support them. Yes, but that's neither here nor there. They're doing a great job out there in in, in providing vehicles that for a brand that can go out 
to everybody. And well, look, all new cars nowadays. I don't care, Porsche, Cayenne, whatever. they're expensive. Yeah. You know, they're bloody expensive. You know. Oh. I mean, the new folks. What's the new Volkswagen GTI now cost? The new one was it? Oh yes, nine hundred thousand, like almost nearly nine hundred thousand in. Yeah. For Volkswagen, really? And an hatchback. That's use, like, unbelievable. I mean, what are these like smoking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're all expensive. Whether you buy these things, or you buy, but if you buy a Porsche, you buy something elevated to start with the region. Just but buy, just by saying the word. Yeah, that's yeah. very cool. Yeah. So what do you drive? Porsche. Yeah, I drive a Porsche. You come to our club and say you're a Porsche. I won't ask you. Someone will ask you. I said, which one? No, I got a 944 Turbo. Oh, okay. Because that's what I, I, I race with a 944 Turbo. Okay. Very mm. interesting. Oh, and it's a great car. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the 944, 924, no, 944s. The transaxle, trans, trans, we get that right? Transaxle. Transaxle. Yes. Well done. Euro. Yeah. You know? um, and believe it or not, for those years, in those yeah, that era, the 944, the 924, 944 saved Porsche from bankruptcy in those years. That's unbelievable. That's no, true. You can read it. That's, 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 not, that's not fake news. Because afterwards followed the 993, which nearly bankrupted the company because it's one of the most expensive models they've ever built. Because the development and the technology was just so far removed ahead of from the 964. Yeah. You know? And then came the 996 and the Boxster, and that pulled them out, saved them again. Because, I mean, look, the Boxster sold in the 996. I mean, huge things. And I, I look, I, they can call it, it's not actually a hairdresser's car, you know. It's a hairstylist's car, you know what I'm saying? There's yeah. a big difference in the hairdresser yeah, yeah, and yeah, a, yeah, a yeah. hairstylist. You know. So, yeah, fine, you know, my wife yeah. is not on the third one. They're lucky little cars. Yeah, they're good fun. And you can buy them, go around in Gumtree and all these places, and you can buy a good one. For good money, yeah. And you own a Porsche. You can buy them for less. You can buy a second-hand Golf GTI. Then you have the badge, hey? Yeah. You have a proper little car. You have a Roadster, sure. You know, don't have kids, of course. They, it's, what, it's like you know, it's like a SLK, a yeah, Z4, or Z3. You know, they're selfish cars. Only have two seats. Yeah, it's only um, the weekend driver. Yeah, it's for yourself. You know, if you, you know, I, I always maintain if you're young, buy them, because the minute you're married, but. <laughs> <laughs> The minute that ring goes on, Oi, that two-seater car, go away. Yeah. I want a new kitchen. I'll oh, take yeah. that into consideration. Yeah, yeah. I want a new kitchen. <laughs> I used to say to guys, oh, I'm going to go discuss it with my wife. I said, but just go home and tell her you'll give her a new kitchen. Yeah. And then she'll say, yeah, buy the car. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So on a bit of a different note, I sure. I usually ask some guests to, to portray their ideal or dream three-car garage, but there are three specific area so the one is you it needs to be a daily driver the other one is needs to be a classic car and the other one is it needs to be your supercar or your super sports car you know your weekend driver the hardcore one so in those categories what would be your ideal three car garage my oh, let's start from a super you know many many years ago i always used to say the day i was walking with my little zimmer frame you know with little with the <laughs> with a button on that opens the garages because I couldn't let go, you know, the summer frame. <laughs> and you walk down and there's your garages and I'm going to open the first one and I'm going to see the arse of, of, of um, 993 twin, twin Turbo. That's a 96. 993 Twin Turbo. The rear end of that. Okay. And the other garages is the Lamborghini. Oh, my memory fails me. 
She's your older got since I Kuntash, had those. Diablo, no, the one, no, the, the Diablo. Diablo. Yeah. Was it Diablo? And those, you know, walk, and then you walk past and you close them again, you know, sort of thing. <sighs> Things change, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, not, not, not knowing what is yet to come. Yes, yes, I mean, yes. that is like, whew, big time. So if I start at the top, I would have a 996 twin turbo. 996 twin turbo. Yeah. And I would have as a, that would be my, my, my serious toy. Yes. It's a little bit more comfortable, and, I, and that's what I like. It's good. I think it's good. And because oh, and that's also good value for money. Mm. You know, I, these modern things with the little six, this little small engine, three liter or two liter engine with the two turbos, mm, mm. doesn't do it for me. You know, that big flat six. Yeah. Metzger engine. Screaming. Mm, beautiful, man. Stunning stuff. And then as a, what is the middle one? So daddy driver, or oh, you got super car, so now you have to have a classic car. I'll have a classic car. A classic car. I'll have a classic car. I'll have a 944 turbo. 950 horsepower. Nine, only made in one year. 1989. Great car. So out of all the classic Porsches, that would be... That's what I would be. Okay. Oh, it's a bit cheapskate, but you know, uh, no. you leave it to me. Um, it's your garage. It's, it's my garage. <laughs> uh, my daily drive. My daily drive will definitely be a Cayenne GTS. Cayenne GTS. Mm. From okay. 2014, 2015, last of the big V8s. Oh, so that, okay. It's got to be a V8. Yeah. 4.8 liter V8 GTS. Man, it's nothing like it. So not the newest guy in there? No, 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 okay. no, no, no. But uh, at Porsche bringing out now, now, it's coming out in January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It'll be the last V8 ever out of, out of, out of Stuttgart or uh, Leipzig, sure. Germany. Yes. A Cayenne GTS. GTS. Yes, the last ever. Because you know, there's no more V8s in Europe as from 20, end of 22, I think, isn't it? Yes. And in end of 2030, is like no more petrol cars. No petrol cars. No, no, no more diesel. No, diesel's end of 2024. Okay. Okay. Which is a pity because that, that V6, uh, that 3 to V6 TDI engine oh, yes. that, 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 that Volkswagen uses. I mean, you saw me arrive yes. in the Touareg. Oh, what an engine. Brilliant. Oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant engine. Absolutely fantastic engine. Um, That'll also be gone. Mm. Hopefully, they'll keep on dumping it into into Africa and Australia because you know, yeah. our, our emission control not yet <laughs> where they are. Yeah. Non-existent. Yeah, non-existent. So good for us. V8s, but for as long as there are no trees in those boreholes, yeah. you know they pump the oil out of. Yeah. we drive petrol. Petrol cars. Yeah. I agree. Electricity is for stoves and washing machines. <laughs> and for sewing machines. Yeah, and that kind of and fridges and deep yeah, freezers, yeah, 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 to make ice for your drinks. Microwaves who warm your coffee. No, no. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's my feeling. And that, that'll be my daily outings. Okay. I, you know, Porsche, yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I like the garage. Very cool. Very simple. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's classic and, 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 you know, nothing new. Uh, so I said, you know, the 996 twin turbo, big car. But you know, you have a bit of work done to it. it comes five hundred horsepower on the wheels. Yeah, magic. That's three hundred k car. Even in today's market, a standard nine six twin turbo. You can play around with these modern little McLaren, these flat things. You know, so these surfboards. Take them on open road, <laughs> and you'll still give them a run for their money because that from two thousand and two, two thousand and three, is still a three hundred k car. Mm. You can still do it if you find the roads. You can still do it. Yeah. You still give them shit because it's all-wheel drive. It's actually amazing. And it's a great car to drive. Really. Yeah. 
great. The interior is a bit shit, but I mean, you know. You can always then again, do what you want. Yeah, they got that. seats. But I mean, if you sit in a seat, you can't see it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I always just say, people say, oh, no, I don't like the lights. I said, what? Park the car in the garage and approach the car from the rear, mm. open the door, get in, and you don't see the lights. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You just drive and enjoy. Just drive and enjoy. Forget yeah. the lights. As long as they go on when it's dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so... If you don't like the lights, don't approach the car from the front. There we go. Problem solved. <laughs> Problem solved. I don't know why people struggle with this. <laughs> anyway, um, Lorenz, I really want to thank you. No, it's a pleasure. It, 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 it was such an enjoyable conversation. Yeah. I just realized that I've... Thank you. Thank you to all of you. <laughs> I just Support the man here. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, he doesn't know much, but support no, him anyway. That's what I wanted to say. I just realized I know nothing, actually. <laughs> oh, no, listen, we can, I, I can carry on for days. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, so it was such a good conversation. It's... So much more I'm going to ask beside, well, behind the camera. But I want to thank you for joining. Thank you for watching. Um, if you enjoyed it, please do the effort to share. Um, really, it's all about like sharing the love for God, sharing the passion we have, and getting more people to own Porsches. Because, I mean, it's the best car brand you get. No, I would say own the car you like. It's like wine. You know? It's like wine. Yeah. You must drink this one because it's got mulberry and cocoa. Oh, yes, and yes, yes. Call the and, and, and I, yeah. can, I can never taste it. Just drink the drink wine, the you, wine like. you like. Okay. That's it. You I know what I'm saying? Yeah. I usually say at the end yeah. of the podcast that, you know, rather love cars because it's better than loving drugs. And yeah. Good point. All right. I like it. Have Thank a good you. one. Cheers. Take it easy.